Good morning, Northland Church, and welcome. Those of you here in the room and those online, we're so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome. Well, you can tell Christmas is in the air, right? You start to hear the decorations in our lobby by volunteers. You go out in the community, you see the lights, the sound and the smell and the shopping. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Advent is this next four weeks that we're going to be talking about four different things. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But we're excited. You can be part of that. The last couple of days, we just did something great. It was Thanksgiving. I really want to thank each one of you. Take this opportunity that we're grateful for your giving, for your serving, for your worship. Let's give ourselves a big thank you. God is working. So thank you and those online. We also love and appreciate your giving to the kingdom of God. That's what it's all about, that every elder, pastor, staff, congregants, we are thankful for your part in our ministry. I'm thankful for some of the brothers and sisters who share with the pastors, you know, in the teaching and preaching. We had Dan Hathaway last week and the week before we had Tom. All of those is about what God is doing and building us here at Northland. We are very, very thankful, and we'll continue to express that. Two things I want to mention. I don't want you to forget about it. Dan will be teaching a class on how to share your faith. Next Sunday after the baptism, we'll be gathering here at 1.30. There'll be a time to just learn how, in a friendly, relational way, you can tell others about Jesus. So make sure you sign up and you, you bring a friend and just learn how to get into conversation about what we're going to be talking about. The other one is the family fun night, children's ministry almost every week. Those of you just checked in your kids, every week they have some exciting things going on. This Friday at 6.30 to 8.30, they have what they are calling the Christmas edition, pizza and pajamas. So just show up. Grandparents, come with your grandkids, and adults just show up there in our children's worship wing, and you can't miss out on any of those um, two great things that will be. I think I'm going to mention this. Um, Hannah Jo, thank you. She mentioned about having this. You know, I hope everything I'm going to say, you can fit it in there. I've, I've asked some people to check it out. Uh, you can write it, whatever you remember God tells you. But I think our guys on the finance team have done a great job, and it's on the back of this one. And you can just pray and trust God what he calls you to share. But thank you again for your giving and part of the kingdom and all the ways you give is there. Advent means coming arrival. Jesus has come. That's what we'll be celebrating in a few days' time as Christmas. So in the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about the theme you just had played before I came up here, to lift up your gaze. Because we're always looking down on things. Maybe we're looking down from our hearts or we're looking down on our devices, heads down. But we can lift up our eyes and look to Jesus. This week talking about hope. Next week we'll be talking about peace and it will be followed about love and joy. But we need to lift up our gaze to the king of kings that brings hope. That's what we'll be talking about as we go into Advent. Now, if you've been in the church tradition, we go through this thing. We're talking the church season the next four weeks. It's Advent that is coming, going towards Christmas. That's what we'll be talking about. But there are actually two main Advent, the first coming of Jesus, 
and that is the Advent we can celebrate. There are three Advents we're going to mention. The first one, Jesus came and he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. We'll get into that in a moment. So that's the time we celebrate, we remember why he came. For unto us a son is born, a child is given. Jesus Christ came because God sent. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That was the first advent. It's done. We can check that out. God came to us. He lived among us. The second advent is what we call a personal advent. That is, even though Jesus came for the whole world, you have to realize, when does Jesus come to me? When do I personally receive him? When do I trust him? When do I accept him? When do I get born again? Whatever language you could use, that's a personal advent. Because he came into the world, but if I don't receive him, I have not really had an advent in my life. And the third advent is what we're looking forward to. Jesus is going to come back because he said it. He said he will return. He will be back here. This same Jesus you saw going, we come back. And in the book of Revelation, you will read at the end, come Lord Jesus. So Jesus is going to come back. But the question we want to consider as we think about these three advents, you know, Jesus came the first time, we celebrate, you acknowledge him. If you've not yet received a personal advent, that's what we're here for. That's what the church is for. But the question to consider is this. What do I do in between the advents of Jesus? The first time he came and the second time he's sure going to come. What do I do in between the advents? What do I do with my life? What do I do with, with my purpose in life? Where do I go with what God has given? So one of the ways we answer this question, what do I do in between the advents, is to glimpse hope. I want to be able to understand the hope I have because we're going to see in the scripture what is the hope that is given to us. So let's look at how can we define this as the hope. But before that, let me tell you that every one of us, there's something that is going to happen to all of us here online. One day, we're going to die. And there's a poem that is written by Linda Ellis. It's called The Dash. You know, in the graveyard, there's a tombstone. On the tombstone is written, date of birth and date of death. And the dashes, what did I do in between that time? What did I do in between that time? What is the dash? So talking about Advent is going to teach us about the hope I can have in answering that question, what do I do in between the Advent? It's not only to be born and die, because we know what Jesus did in his dash. He was born, he lived, he taught, he healed, he served people, he died, he was buried, he rose again, and he's coming back. That is the dash of Jesus that we look at. So in this Advent, the glimpse of hope is to be able to understand what is hope? What definition? We try to get it down into two simple sections here because we're always talking about hope. Hope is the confident expectation in a promise. The confident expectation that the, I'm going to see something good, expecting the good end is possible. I hope I will go for lunch. That's some of you expect your hope right now. I hope my team will win the game. 
You know, those of us who live in the I-4 corridor, we follow this football. Our children go to these two colleges, whether it's in Tampa or in Orlando. But you hope, last night, whatever was your hope, it was fulfilled or not. But we hope that I will get a good result from my doctor. I hope that my job will be possible. I hope I will retire well. So there's always the possibility of a good ending. That is what we see hope. So if I'm going to glimpse hope, we want to see in the scriptures, what does it tell us in Advent that can be the believer's hope? What can I glimpse hope for? So we're going to be looking at that in the Bible, hope is promised and prepared. We're going to see that. But also we see that hope is revealed and realized. We'll see in the story that we just had read in the, in the um, Advent reading. But also we're going to see in our lives there's hope for today and hope for tomorrow. So if you can, let's read from the book of Mark. We're going to read Mark chapter 1. If you, was, if you are able, you could please stand. I'll read from Mark and also we read from, from the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And then we'll go over to Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Let us pray. God of hope, we now bow before you to hear your word and to understand you, to speak to each one of us that we can live here and have the hope of Jesus Christ in our hearts. In his name we pray. Please be seated. Hope in the Bible is promise. So we're going to look at the prophet Isaiah who wrote about hope. But every time we talk about hope, we usually go to the Jeremiah 29, 19. I know the plans I have for you to give a hope and a future. A great scripture. And throughout the writing of Isaiah, the, the fifth gospel, as some people would call it, sixth gospel, people would call it, Isaiah was also writing about the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Because it was a time of chaos. It was a time of confusion. It was a time of distress. It was a time of gloom. But there was hope that God said unto us, a son is given. That God sent us Jesus Christ. So when Isaiah writes, throughout the book of Isaiah, you will read that he's, he's, in, he's in captivity. He's over there in Babylon. But he had hope that he will return to the land. And God told Isaiah that through him, I am going to bring the Messiah, the one that will come and give the people hope. So he revealed that. But also it was promised. John the Baptist, we read, is the one that he was preparing the way. He was the preacher that was going around and telling people, repent, turn from your sin. And that is preparing the people for the hope that we have. Because the hope was in a person. You can see hope. You can realize hope. You can realize hope because hope was in Jesus Christ. So John the Baptist went around and did that. 
So if you're a believer today, you have to realize that God had promised hope in our darkness. Today, there's so much chaos around us. You listen to news media, you, you walk around, you know family and friends, everything is looking down. But if you lift your gaze, you'll be able to see the hope. That the hope is in a person, Jesus Christ, that John was telling us to look forward to, that Isaiah and all others promised that it is. It was something that would tell us there was a good ending coming because Jesus Christ was coming. So that is the hope the believer has. How do you live your life every day with hope? With trust in the one who came and gave us hope? He was promised, but Advent, he is here. Seize the hope that Jesus is now among us. I can trust him for the hope that we sing about, the thrill of hope that he brings. We're now going to look at the story that was read in our Advent reading to see how is hope in the Bible revealed and realized? How is the hope that Jesus came the first Advent? How do we see hope in the story? We're going to be looking at two major people in the story there in Matthew chapter 2 that was read to us. And what we read in Matthew chapter 2 is that it reads, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, so there's a location, there's a place that hope was destined to happen, and that was Bethlehem. In Judah, during the time of King Herod, so there's a place, and there are people in the story. Magi, these are the other people in the story, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born, King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So we're going to be looking at the wise men, the Magi, and also King Herod. And Herod the Great, as they call him. But what was hope that was revealed and realized? So we read here that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but these Magi, who are these people? They were astronomers, they were well educated, they study astrology, they can see the star, because it was already promised in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17, that there will be a star that will lead to the child who is going to be the king of the world, the Lord that will be revealed among his people. So we see that these people followed and they arrived. The scripture says he was born in Bethlehem, but they came to Jerusalem. Let's observe, why would they stop in Jerusalem? Where the Magi would have come from the east, they would have come from Persia, from Arabia, Iraq, and that area. And they were coming later. You know, in our manger scene, even in the, in the lobby there, and most of you at your house, the wise men are already there. Yeah, that's the story. But they came about maybe a year later to see the baby Jesus. So they stopped in Jerusalem, which was the place where King Herod, the next character in the story, lived. But what did they do? Well, as foreigners, you come from a different country, you have to check at headquarters. So they have to stop in Jerusalem where the Herod the Great was and to be able to make themselves known that we have seen the star, we followed it, we're here. So what's going on, King Herod? There's another king that is born. You know, I can just imagine that um, immigration checking in Jerusalem. Those, <laughs> those of us who come from a foreign place, we always know. I can just imagine these Magi, maybe they have a, their accent like me, you guys are now getting used to. You know, how are they talking to the king over there that we saw a star, we've come, and the king is alarmed. 
He's very curious. And what do we read in the scripture, verse 4? The king called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law. He asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied. So he was seeking truth. So the next person you see, Harold, in the great industry, he didn't know the truth. He wants to know what's going on. And they tell him the truth. That yes, a king is going to be born. We saw his that we have come to worship him. And so the wise men had a plan. The reason they were on their mission was to get to Jerusalem and go to Bethlehem and worship Christ the king. But that was not the plan. Can you imagine? Herod, the Bible tells us, that Herod called all these people together and he told them, as soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Fake news, right there. Herod was not going to worship the child because he said, go and find out and come. He is afraid of the truth. He has heard the truth that a king has been born. You see, Herod was not really uh, from Judah. It was an Edomite. That was another tribe who was really at enemy with the Israelites. With the Israelites. They were at enemies. But because Caesar was king, he made Herod, uh, Herod the king over Judea. So he was the guy who was in charge. So hearing about another king, he's going to lose his job. You know, he's not going to be in place. So the fake news there is that he was not really sincere to go seek Jesus, to find him, and to worship him. That was not the truth in this case. So he sends word out, but God in his providence was ruling. See, many times some of us, we, we, we have people in our lives who are not the leaders we want. You know, like we don't have the great King Herod, but this is not the leader that is going to do it with leader who is seeking his own pride and power. That was what Herod. But the wise men were supposed to say truth. They spoke truth to King Herod. Who are the people in our lives that we know that they are far from God, their doctrine, their politics, their ideologies are different, but we cannot speak the truth to them. If you cannot, you can at least pray for them. You can be able to be in front of kings and rulers because you can take them to the throne of God. We have that huge responsibility that those who are different from us, like a herald in our lives, we can pray for them and, and speak truth. And someday they will understand. But we know that Herod did not have a good intention about what he did two years later. But the wise men, as we focus on, they were on a mission. So they arrived, and they are following God's word, and they come to Jerusalem, and now he leads them to Bethlehem. And I think when they arrived in Bethlehem, it was not the place that Jesus was really born. I think I saw Sam earlier. We've been there. We, you go to one place, it's in a cave. In Bethlehem, they said, this is where Jesus was born. But I think by the time the wise men came, they were now in a House, because that's what the scriptures say. They were in a dwelling at that time, because it's, it's over uh, 12 months. So they go into the house, they followed the star as it led them. And he said, What did they do? What was their mission? We already read that they were seeking truth, Astro astrologers, they have arrived, Jerusalem now in Bethlehem. What was their mission? He said, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into a house, they saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. That was the mission 
of the wise men to follow the star and to come to the place and worship the child. There is a mission for every one of us who seek hope. Our hope is not what I build around myself. When you meet Jesus, when you encounter a personal advent, it changes everything. Everything changes because now your allegiance is to the king of kings. Because he takes over your life and everything belongs to him. So the wise men on arriving, they fulfill their mission. What was their mission? To worship the Christ child. Worship is all of life. Everywhere, every day, in everything. When you express your personal advent in Jesus Christ, when he visits you, he comes to you, you want to worship him. But in that worship, the wise men also had a plan. And they had arrived, and he tells us, you know, we always go with the number three, three wise men, three gifts. And they were in their allegiance. They saw Jesus as the king of kings. And the Bible says they gave him gold for his royalty. This is the king. When you know Jesus as your king, you give everything to him to reign and rule in your heart. It's not a physical reign of a person that should rule my heart, but Jesus Christ. And the second gift they give him was to show that he's the high priest of frankincense, the man who comes, the mediator between God and, God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And for his humanity, they gave him more because he was going to die for our sins and live. So we see the wise men had a mission and they fulfilled that mission as they arrived at Christ. But we see the contrast with Herod that he was seeking to destroy rather to be able to worship the king. What will you do in between the advent? If Jesus has come into your heart, you have a personal advent. He's going to come back someday. Are you ready to live for his worship? Are you ready to glorify him? Are you ready to give of all to the king of kings, Jesus himself, like the wise men? That's what he desires from me. That's what he desires from you, that I come and I worship and I give all to him. We may have the heralds in our lives, the people who want to find truth, but then they can find a way to get around it. Love them. Love them. Live with them. Show the love of Christ to them. And that is what we bring transformation. Because we just celebrated Thanksgiving. We spent time with a lot of people. A meal, maybe even those you didn't want to be with. Or your place of work that you go back tomorrow to. Or you're going to be traveling or doing something. You are the one to live in between the times. If those people, you are not declaring Jesus to them. And you think that there's an end. How will you see them if Jesus returns one day and they don't know him, they are left behind? Or if you see where their life will end without Jesus, you didn't give them hope. We are people of hope. We should declare the hope like the wise men joyfully. So we've seen that hope was promised and there was a preparation for the hope that God has called the world to from John the Baptist and Isaiah. And we said that hope is realized and reveal. God showed hope to the wise men. And the Bible in God's plan that they had a hope, they never checked in with Harold again. He really got mad. But he never checked on with Harold. But they moved on and continued in the worship of the Christ child. Can we be a people of hope today? And the next thing we see in our life, there's hope for today and tomorrow. Right now, this moment in our worship, 
God has given us hope. The passage we read in Ephesians made it very clear that we have a hope. I pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope. So hope can be known. Hope can be seen. Hope is here today. Can we live with people with that hope? Living not in fear or confusion or doubt or hesitating because we follow the one who is the one that brought hope. That we can glimpse, we can see, we can look for the hope in Jesus Christ. But the hope is more. So Paul not only prayed for the Ephesians, but Dr. Luke, who is writing to us here in the book of Acts, he says, this same Jesus you see in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8 to 11, we come back. So believers in Christ have a hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. May this Advent season be the time you are going to be seeking the hope in Jesus and declaring it to others. Can we be like the wise men, whatever situation we find ourselves in, those who don't want to listen to us, but will find a way to be able to share Christ with them? Because we have the hope. It breaks my heart that everywhere you go around, you see lost people by lost things they do. But I have the message of hope to declare, to declare. I see stories, even just in between services. You hear stories of people in grocery stores. They have an opportunity to tell somebody about the hope in Jesus, that Jesus is the one that this, this kid said, congregant just shared that, this kid said, well, Spider-Man defeated the devil. Then this man said, well, Jesus actually defeated Spider-Man, and so Jesus defeated the devil. And that becomes a story to tell. Tell the story about Jesus. Tell the story. So these are the three advents we have. The first advent, Jesus has come. Checked. We are not going to be worried about that. Celebrate this advent season and go into it with a message of hope and glimpse hope. And your personal advent, maybe you are not yet there. We pray that you understand God's love for you. That God loved you if you were the only one. Jesus will die for you. And you can trust him as your savior. And he will bring transformation in your life. That is hope. That it can be rejoiced and worshipped like the wise men did. But Jesus is coming back again someday. We don't know the time. He said he will come. Amen. He said he's going to arrive. I don't know when, but I'm ready anytime it comes. Therefore, the question will be, what do I do in between the advent? The first thing we think about, leave the message of hope. Leave with somebody who is helpful. Leave the message of hope. What does that mean? If you've been with us, in the, especially in the last um, two months or more, we've been talking about how do we respond to God. I leave the message of hope by reading the scriptures that this is truth. Just like Herod was seeking truth, I will declare the, the message of truth. I live by somebody who spends time with God in prayer. I live in a community with other believers. I am able to share generously with others. I can tell the stories that Jesus has given. Leave the message of hope. Be expecting that every time you declare the gospel, a result is going to come. Because the Bible tells us God's word will not return to him void. Be like the wise men. Share the hope. Let others catch it. Proclaim hope to the world that is desperately in need. If you don't know that the world is in need, I don't know what cave you're in. But you will know that the world needs the message of hope. And I can tell you the joy of hope. Heard another story in between services. 
one of our staff members walk out at a fitness in the area and just shared his hope of Christ. Well, the next thing, somebody was looking for a church. They met in the parking lot, invited him, and this young man is all the way from the West Coast. But he's here because in a sauna, at a fitness place, you share your hope, you bring a friend to church. Will each one of us promise that I am going to be the person declaring the hope of Jesus Christ to others in your families, in your neighborhood, in your place of work? We live in a dark world, but we are the light of the world because we glimpse hope and hope has come. We've been doing this now for a couple of weeks. We're going to continue. We always tell you to text to to the number. That number should be in your contact list, 97,000, right? You can hold your phone. You have 97,000. But in order to talk about Advent, this is the word you're going to text to 97,000. Advent 21. One word. Advent 21. You text that. We want to encourage you to give you the courage, to give you the boldness to be able to declare hope of Jesus. To be able to know that nothing else Northland Church needs, nothing else the world needs, but Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. And we live in that hope. Let us please stand and pray a commitment that we are going to be the people of hope. We're going to declare the hope of Jesus today with your friends. Invite your non-Christian friends. Hang out with them because you have hope. Nothing to fear, but hang out with them like the, the, the wise men did with King Harold. But your goal is that I will declare the message of hope. So in a moment of silence and consecration and commitment, whatever God has laid on your heart, just give that back to him in prayer, that there is hope in the King of Kings. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you are the hope of the world. We glimpse in your glory and see you as the light, Emmanuel, with us, the hope we can declare. So now you hear the prayers of our brothers in this room and those online and those who will be listening to us later on. May we grasp the hope in Jesus Christ. And may we go out and be the person who we declare hope to a lost and dying world. So I pray for any families, communities, businesses, that they will be the hope this Advent season. And Lord, that in the end, you'll be receiving the glory because we worship you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Let's worship in song. <laughs>